Creating and rekindling memories. NHR. That is Wipeout and uh, one of the songs from the soundtrack of Return to the Forbidden Planet. Uh, And, uh, well, it's almost a return except they've never been here before, uh, to the Forbidden Studio, uh, because I'm very pleased to say that we've got studio guests this morning uh, in the shape of Mr. Martin Hartung uh, and uh, Charlotte... Is it Haworth? Haworth, yeah. Haworth, we, we got that right. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> Kelly Wayne as well. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, it's so nice to have live guests in again. <laughs> uh, it really is, uh, instead of talking to a screen. Uh, so now this is BMTG Beast and Musical Theatre Group's uh, first production since uh, 2019. Uh, I mean, what was it like as a group, sort of not being able to perform? Because I, you lot are so proficient uh, and so prolific into the stuff that you do. Uh, to be kept away from the stage, I suppose it, uh, it's like a kid having his sweets taken off him. Uh, yes, absolutely. It's been a bit of a hold in our lives, I think, collectively. Yeah, yeah it's definitely. It's just yeah. the thing that we do. We do. A, you, know, you go to rehearsals, you meet your friends, and then in May you do a production. Yeah. So the yeah. last two years have been just another world. Yeah, I think emotionally, I'm still kind of in like March, like 2020. So it feels like no time at all, and yet forever since we've done this. But yeah. I know that you've been keeping yourself busy sort of um, online, Kelly, as well, with some amazingly funny videos. Uh, I, I always look out for your videos coming out, your TikTok stuff and everything, because they are just so funny. Uh, I mean, how long does it take you to do, to do an average TikTok video that, that you put on there? Well, it depends if there's costumes involved. Because <laughs> um, yeah. obviously I did a lot of Vicar of Dibley, so that was a case of with the lip syncing. It's quite a lot of practice, so I'd say probably a couple of hours just for for one, if I wanted to get the lip syncing perfect. And you did. Everything on there was perfect. Uh, For anybody who wants to sort of see the sort of stuff that Kelly's done, just look on the Facebook site. It's all on there as well. So, Now then, um, so you've been keeping yourself busy over the the last um, two years. Uh, Marty, I know that uh, just recently it's got even busier for you because obviously with theatre coming back, uh, into the fore and, and going out and sort of reviewing it and seeing uh, lots of stuff. Again, that must have been a great relief for you um, be, because I know how much all three of you love theatre, uh, but uh, to be able to go out and actually see live theatre again uh, must have been a great... Well, j- just something really good for, for you, I suppose, as well. Yeah, it's been absolutely fantastic. It's almost like a, a champagne cork has been popped. The number of productions that have suddenly started, you know, and obviously they've been in rehearsal for many, many months and everybody's in the same boat of thinking, oh, can we, can't we, are we going to get a sudden deluge of COVID right at the last minute, etc. So to see the joy on people's faces in the various shows that I've been to see, and obviously you have as well, Kev, um, Shrek being the last, you can actually see the sheer joy that's out there on stage and that's, everybody's eyes sparkling. And for me, it's just brilliant. Good. Uh, now then, um, described as Shakespeare's forgotten rock and roll musical, it's based on The Tempest. Uh, tell us what Forbidden Planet is all about. <laughs> right. It's quite, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't lend itself to a soundbite, um, but it is a very, very fun couple of hours, I think is the best way to describe yeah. it. It's, um, you know, it's Shakespeare meets sci-fi, like 50s B-movie. It's all the kind of rock and roll classics that you'd want to hear. Um, and I think it's a really good first show back in terms of it's just joyous. Um, so uh, hopefully audience will kind of leave toe tapping, humming along. 
I mean, I know I've had wipeouts stuck in my brain for the past, what, six months <laughs> uh, at this point. So, uh, yeah, um, I think. Yeah, you really do have to set your phaser to fun. Yes. <laughs> Park your brain somewhere else and just have fun for two hours. Yeah. So, yeah, it is the, the thread is basically a, a pastiche of Shakespeare's The Tempest, but don't get put off by that if you don't like Shakespeare, because it is playing with the dialogue, so yeah, what light through the yonder airlock breaks, two beeps or not two beeps, so it really is sort of taking, the, not the mickey, but using the, the Shakespeare bit to sort of drive the narrative. Um, but if you've seen the film Forbidden Planet with Leslie Nielsen back in the day, there's a lot of that coming in there, I won't give any spoilers in terms of what the costuming might be, but, you know, if you don't have fun in this show, then it's a, you know, I'd be very, very surprised. So get your asses down there and have some fun. <laughs> Nothing is more fun than being forced to have fun. Yes. Um. <laughs> but you see, you, you th well, I know, I know Martin's directing it, but uh, I mean, you two, you don't need to be forced to have fun on, on stage. I, I've seen you two before, and, you know, <laughs> you, you have fun. And let, I, know, I know that you're really good actors. But, you know, it, it is fun for you to, uh, too, isn't it? You know, it's, you can see the enjoyment whenever you go on stage and whatever you play. I love it. Yeah. I feel at home when I'm on the stage. Definitely. Really. I feel I can be nervous in rehearsals, but then once I get on the stage, I'm like, yeah, I'm home. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And I think, like, first, uh, it's not my first show back since the before times um, and the pandemic that will not be named, but, um, like, that moment when you finally get back into that space and you can see the little flecks of dust in a spotlight you're like mm. oh, oh yeah that's why i do this just feeling like all of the people around you this is going to sound very artsy fartsy but feeling like kind of the energy of everybody around you because it's all one collective goal that feeling is why we do it it's electric um and yeah and we all have fun yeah doing it. yeah Brilliant. Now then, the the choice of of the music. I mean, it's 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 very important for a, a sort of for the, the first show back. But when was this first decided? Was this something that was done sort of decided before COVID, or, or is it something sort of during COVID? When did you decide that you were going to do this? It was about two years ago. We were in the middle of a <clears throat> doing the rehearsals for um, a production that we unfortunately couldn't do. Uh, but this was always slated as the next show, so we were talking about October of or 20, I think, in terms of when we would do this. Um, so it's always just had to be parked and moved and moved, and finally we got to a point where we didn't have to move it anymore. So yeah, it's been, you know, although we've known we were going to hopefully do this at some point, there was no really, you know, we couldn't ever make a firm date, but we finally managed to uh, get, a, get, get this slot hopefully fixed and then start in November but as I said earlier every month every week every month you're always asking yourself are we actually going to get there and do it so we're very very excited brilliant stuff uh now then um tell us Charlotte tell us a little bit about your role Miranda uh Miranda is um essentially she has a huge spaceship crash land on her home uh and um a lot of kind of it's a complete upheaval of everything that she knows. Um, she's meeting people that, I mean, she's been on an island with her dad and a robot for her entire life. So um, it's people. And so um, instantly she falls in love. She befriends everybody on the ship. She kind of is um, in the middle of a bit of a love triangle. I won't spoil the ending. So come see it and find out what happens to Miranda. Um, but yeah, um, she's very she's a very innocent character. She's very naive. Um, so, um, but she's very fun to play um, as she kind of 
grows into herself through the show. Brilliant. Now then, we, we were supposed to be having Captain Tempest uh, on, on the show, but uh, unfortunately, due to a unforeseen circumstances, he's not been able to be here, but Kelly has stepped into the breach. You've got me instead, I'm sorry. Oh, do not <laughs> apologise at all. It's always lovely to see you, Kelly. Kelly, what, what's your role? I play Ariel. Right, OK, for anybody who doesn't know the, uh, the, the Tempest character Ariel, tell us a little bit about the Ariel in Forbidden Planet. Uh, a loyal servant to Dr. Prospero, um, bit of a robotic personality, um, <laughs> is a robot, or she is a robot, they are a robot, um, and I've had to learn a new skill for this role, it involves wheels. Oh, oh right, okay, I, th I thought you were going to say robotic dancing, but oh, uh, no, no, I know you're good at that. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so, oh, very interesting. So if someone's a Starlight Express in the near future, she's mm. ready. I think that's given a massive hint <laughs> yeah. about what, what yeah, you're going to be doing. Cycle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And, I mean, when we think about, I mean, you two are far too young to remember this, but I'm sure that Martin may just remember from seeing in his crib, um, and that's not a slang word for his house, of course, it's a proper crib, um, it, um, Lost in Space. Oh, yeah. The, 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 the robot. Uh, you remember that as well? I don't remember. I don't oh, I'll yeah. yeah. So, is it anything like that type of robot? Because we think science fiction and robots, and I automatically think of Lost in Space. Yeah. I take that as a no. Oh, there's no yeah. spoilers here. So. <laughs> right, all the way through this hour, we're going to be playing uh, tracks from the soundtrack. There's loads of tracks to play um, from the soundtrack. Everyone you'll know, every single track. Um, so, tell us a little bit where Great Balls of Fire comes into it. Well, Great Balls of Fire appears twice in the show. Uh, once at uh, the early days, where things uh, are actually maybe a little going wrong because of things happen in space, you know, and asteroids come out of nowhere. And then towards the end of the show, which is the reprise version that we're going to play now, um, it's basically where we're coming to the resolution of the whole show. So when you get to this point of the, uh, of the evening, we're just about taken off for the second time and heading back home. Fire, I think the word they were looking for there. Uh, Great Balls of Fire taken from the soundtrack of Return to the Forbidden Planet. And what I've missed about not having people in the studio is when we play tracks from the soundtrack is they sit here and they sing it to me. And it's brilliant. <laughs> it is. Uh, you don't get that on the phones when you're doing a, a sort of chats on the phone. And it's lovely to, uh, to have um, Martin, Charlotte and Kelly uh, from the, um, the, the cast of Return to the, uh, the Forbidden Planet. Now then, Martin, you are the director, uh, of course. What was, and this is probably a daft question, actually, what was it that made you want to direct Return to the Forbidden Planet? Um... Well, it goes back many, many years. So when I was at university and uh, discovered this show as it was touring. Um, and it's a show that has so many layers that it is one that is very hard to necessarily do with a community theatre group. And with Beeston, I found a group that can actually nail it. So you've got to have the band on stage, you've got to have a really talented cast, you've got to have the sound effects, you've got to do all the video effects. So you layer it and layer it and layer it and layer it. And you really need a great cast of people who are enthusiastic and passionate and will put the hours in uh, before you can do it. So it's been one that, you know, it's always been a dream to do. It's one that is really ambitious to put on in a community theatre. 
Uh, but now we have the tools and we have the passion, so that's why. See, this is probably why I've only ever seen it once uh, in the area. Uh, well, in the last, what, 20-odd years, uh, it, it must have been. Um, and part of it, uh, and I don't want to give anything away, is uh, that there's a special guest on screen. Do, do you have that or is No, no, is well, that... I'm pretty special, but no, we, I would be that very, very special guest. Well, that, well, that's good enough for me because you're not actually in the production. No, but there you go. You see, so we we, we do have the special guest, uh, uh, and and that's actually on screen. It's film, oh, yes. pre-filmed, uh, marvelous stuff. Now then, am I right in thinking that your first public performance, Martin, um, was as part of the Silver Jubilee all those years ago, playing in the South Humberside School Brass Band? Correct. So, and playing for the Queen. Playing for the Queen and the Duke of Edinburgh, yes. We did the Brig Fair, which is obviously a, quite a traditional thing back in the day in the uh, Scunthorpe area. So, yes, that was my first uh, appearance. Which, which instrument? A euphonium. Oh, right. So, that, that's one of those big things. It's a B-flat tenor tuba, so it's about yay big. And obviously, work, that really works on radio, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's about the same size as your torso, basically. But, yes, so I was a solo euphoniumist for that. So do, do we have? You see, I didn't. I didn't think you two would know this. This is why I've no, been doing some a, digging. I'm from a family of brass banders as well, so I'm like, how did I not know this? Yeah. You know what? I, I reckon you. Uh, what, what was that brass band thing? Um, brass the brass off, of course. You see, you could do brass off. I and... could indeed. Yeah, I'll get my flugelhorn out for that. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> orange juice. The orange yeah. juice. <laughs> Concerto de orange juice as well. Yeah. So. Uh, and and then after that, of course, uh, sixth form, uh, you, you acted, you directed, and wrote plays and uh, reviews and everything. What were those early shows and reviews like that that you had written? Uh, they were <clears throat> typical sixth form senses of humour. So they were probably highly based on what I might have seen on not the not the nine o'clock news, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So they were self-written. Um, I think one of the ones that we enjoyed the most was the, um, the spoof. Um, pantomime, where we had uh, Sir Jasper Beastly and Virginia fits perfectly as the main characters. So yes, they were adolescent but fun. Yeah, and good, good. Them. good. So, so, that, so we know how you sort of got into the the performing um, sort of book. Uh, Charlotte, what about yourself? How did how did the acting book get you? Oh gosh, um, I mean, I was always that little kid who liked dressing up and putting on plays in the living room, much to uh, my parents. Disdain. Uh, it happened a lot. Um, but yeah, um, through kind of like school and things like that, um, I did like Lambda exams and musical theatre exams and sort of um, school productions and stuff like that. So like Joseph, because that's literally what everybody does. Um, what else did we uh, Carousel, Guys and Dolls, those kind of shows. Um, but really it hit proper at university through musicality. So I joined there as a fresher and was there for very long time <laughs> I was there for, I was a member for about five or six years of musicality probably by the end of it um so with that got to not just do all the the showcases but you know get to go to Edinburgh Fringe both as like a team and as a cast member the big shows little shows like Saucy Jacks which I'm sure you remember I um, do indeed yeah. yeah and then um another science fiction thing yes exactly yeah. another little cult sci-fi show I think I'm getting a niche um <laughs> yeah and then uh started with Beeston in 2017 and yeah I'm 
they're still stuck with me. So, yeah, still here with these things. Brilliant. Kelly, I've known you for a while now, uh, but uh, I've never found it. How, how did you get into uh, drama and local theatre? My mum thought I was going to be an Olympic swimmer. And at five years old, I said, can I go to dance classes, please? Where's this come from? Um, went to dance classes and got bitten by the bug. Did pantomimes at the Theatre Royal, um, Nottingham, from seven. Um, then I went on, so I danced from, what, five to 18, uh, dance classes. And then um, I went to college, Clarendon College, and did BTEC National Diploma in Performing Arts. Um, and then went and got a regular job. <laughs> <laughs> and then I kind of joined Beast in what, 2012, I think it was. Um, yeah, and that was like, like I said, I felt like I was home. And I do support artist work in my spare time. Mm. So, what, what was your first performance? Um, my first, well, my first, I remember my first song and dance was The Bare Necessities. Um, <laughs> my first performance with like, Professional, well, semi-professional was Theatre Royal Nottingham. It was Babes in the Wood. It was Les Dennis. That's cool. <laughs> How long ago was that? Because I'm just trying. It's 1987. Oh no, no, I, that's not the one that I said. <laughs> you must have really been a babe then. <laughs> yeah, I was seven. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So yeah. Uh, no, no, don't no adding up sort of 87 and 87. <laughs> it's fine. We, 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 my maths is no good at. With it now. I mean, the lockdown birthdays don't count anyway, so yeah, of course, of course not. Of course. Yeah. So, so, Charlotte, your first role in production. Oh, um, technically, I guess I was a, a, I was a duckling in a little village dance school production of like Hans Christian Andersen. So I was a little duckling, but I didn't quite I was, didn't fully get what was going on and on the evening performance, which is when all my family was in. I left stage way too early and missed my actual little dance bit because oh. there were some of the older kids who were ducklings for some of it and then went off to do something else and I followed them off because I'm like oh we're going off now and then I was just there like oh oh no and that's what so, yeah. ducklings do though don't they yeah, they, they exactly. follow each other I was just really method from the yes. beginning yeah. Um, yeah, like. yeah definitely and uh, yeah and was also a daffodil at some point in that because uh, I've always been quite tall for my age so yeah they were like just put a big flower thing on my head and like yeah you're a daffodil go for it um, so yeah I think that's my first kind of show really yellow seems to be a thing then for you daffodils and, and ducklings. ducklings yeah so uh, what's the the costume like uh, for miranda is wearing, it yellow i'm wearing a yellow blouse you are <laughs> i'm wearing a yellow blouse oh my gosh there's a thread here the layers the layers oh. <laughs> <laughs> martin we uh, of course we mentioned that the musical talents uh, and sort of the directing and everything and uh, we'll get on to, to noda and everything a little bit later on uh, but uh, your first performance on stage what what role in production Ooh, my goodness me um i think it was in actually a church pantomime at the end of a year so it was um aladdin actually mm-hmm. i had to do a bit of singing i was probably around about 16 at the time so yeah there we go so let's take another break for music um good vibrations uh the beach boys song uh, of course where does this come in the uh, in the musical so this is definitely uh in the earlier part of the musical, in Act One, um, and it's really just a, we've all sort of landed, and it's a, a first chance for the uh, crew and the planet inhabitants to get together and meet. Uh. 
They are, well, Anil said they are the Beach Boys. It's the Beach Boys song that's featured in the soundtrack of Return to the Forbidden Planet, uh, which is being put on at the Duchess Theatre by the Beeston Musical Theatre Group, 24th to the 28th of May. Uh, and in the studio, uh, we have director Martin, we've got Charlotte, and we've got Kelly from the cast uh, of said production as well. Uh, so now, um, Charlotte, you're also the vocal coach um, for Beeston Musical Theatre Group. Uh, what, what would you say is the most common thing uh with with singers that uh, need the most attention um i think that quite a lot sometimes in amateur groups people don't think about things like warming up and things like that i think that's the biggest thing that i've always tried to drive is making sure that everybody warms up before they do any kind of singing um you know if you're an athlete and you're about to go off and do a match you stretch beforehand and that's the kind of equivalent so i think that's the thing that sometimes people can forget or they're in a rush um um, <laughs> guilty, <laughs> guilty. I always, uh, yeah, I kind of just go straight in. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I think that's the biggest thing that is kind of the driving force, and somehow how I managed to end up sort of being the vocal coach of the society because it just got to a point where I was like, "Do we do a vocal warm up?" <laughs> just because nothing was happening, and I was like, "Let's let's do that." And then you know, everyone does silly little tongue twisters and makes stupid sounds and sounds like crazy cats and all that kind of stuff, but. Um, you know, it means that we get a better quality sound. It means that people's voices aren't running out by the end of a show. Um, so, you know, I think it's um, it's a simple thing to do, but I think it's a real fundamental. So, yeah. Hmm. So give, give us an example of the tongue twisters. Oh, uh, OK, I won't do one that could no, inadvertently yeah, end up right. with me swearing on radio. <laughs> uh, oh, um, she sat upon a balustrated balcony, inexplicably mimicking him hiccuping whilst amicably welcoming him in. Things like that. Or Betty bought a bit of butter, but she said this batter's bitter. If I put it in my batter, that would make my batter bitter. Butter, bitter, better butter, better than the bitter butter. That would make my batter better. Yeah. I am impressed. <laughs> I, I, I I don't know where I'd start uh, <laughs> with something like that. But it definitely makes for flexible lips. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think it, it's helped definitely with like the Shakespeare elements of the show because it is it's really hard to get your brain around some of the like the phrasing and mm. stuff. But then that kind of foundation of doing all of that diction work yeah. has been really, really helpful. Um, so, yeah, so it's it has multiple kind of uses. So I think it's been really, really <coughs> handy for, yeah. for that sort of stuff yeah. as well. Do you think anybody can sing? Or do you have to have a certain talent inside you? Um, I think it's, there's a, it's a little bit of both. I think it, there's a nature-nurture thing to it, obviously, like, your vocal cords are how they are and you'll naturally have like a higher voice or a lower voice but it's also it's a muscle that you've got to work and you've got to tone um so i think it's a it's a mix of both you've got to put the work in to really be able to get the best out of your instrument um and it's um i can't remember where i heard this once but a thing of like um because an argument against being tone deaf is that if you can change a gearbox you're not tone deaf because you can hear the change in the pitch because you can hear that when it starts going and you're like oh i need to go up a gear so if you can change a gearbox you can be musical I think anybody can sing. It's yeah. just whether it's in tune or not. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it helps, doesn't it? Especially with musical theatre. Yeah, but that's it. But that's the practice of yeah. it. Like, yeah. You know, you've got to. It's 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 a skill and it's learned. It's not just a um, like anything. I think it's a mix of the two. You know, a lot of hours go into kind of like perfecting a voice and getting all of the technique and all of that kind of stuff. It's not just always a thing of I'm just going to get up and oh, happens. It's a lot of work and training and that goes into it as well so yeah it's a it's a happy medium a mix of what you're born with but also what you do with it 
Now then, uh, apart from the vocal warm-ups, do, uh, do you do sort of warm-ups, sort of physical warm-ups before before you you go on? Or yeah, to yeah to an extent. Particularly, um, we get <laughs> through the show; it just gets dancier and dancier and dancier, and it's sort of we then. Um, so Emily, our choreographer, who's done a who's done a great job, Emily Owen, um, will sort of make sure that we sort of stretch and stuff and do things like that before that. So probably in show week, it'll be we'll have a little physical warm-up, we'll have a little vocal warm-up on stage before everyone gets into the yeah. theatre and. It's nice to have that routine as well. Yeah, that, that's, 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 this is a routine that we always yeah. go through. As yeah. well. it's, uh, and you're right, we've got five heavy hitters in the choreography department right at the end, so yeah, um, we need to be ready. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I feel like I need an iron lung at the end of the show, I'm not going to lie, because <laughs> it's sort of like five numbers back to back, back to back, back to back, really high energy, really high dancing, um, but it's really good fun. So, And that's definitely, it'll leave the audience on like yeah, a really definitely. nice kind of upbeat kind of feeling. And of course, with with the vocal warm-ups, that helps with the the physical side of it as well. With the dancing, it's mm-hmm. uh, all, all the voice control and everything, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, definitely. We do a lot of stuff on like working on like breathing and how and you know, um, for making sure that we've got like the longevity on like long notes and stuff like that. So you've not got people going uh, 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 <laughs> like when they're doing backing harmonies and things like that. Um, so it all lends itself to each other. Um, the nerves come into it as well with breathing. You kind of have mm-hmm. to control your breath because yeah. you are going to be nervous after not being on the stage for two years. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> well, uh, do, do you normally suffer from, from nerves, the three of you, you know, before going on stage? Or is it a thing that sort of, as soon as she steps on stage, that's it, the nerves have gone? I think it's a, it's a good nerves, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's a nervous yeah. energy that you yeah. put into the performance. So, yes, I do get a bit nervous, but I think with me, I kind of worry about things that might go wrong. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I'm trying to prepare... So if that does that, then I could do that. And if that does that, that could do that. Yeah, need to forget about that now. Yeah. yeah. And just kind of get on with it and enjoy it. Yeah. But yeah, it's a, it's a good... <coughs> yeah, if you, weren't, yeah. if you weren't nervous, you wouldn't have the right level mm. of energy. Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, yeah, when you hit the stage, all of the stuff that you've had to do to get you there mm. just drops away. Yeah. And then you Definitely. can be in the moment. Um, and then you can look at other people's eyes and you see them sparkling and then you're just away. So, yeah. yes, definitely, running up. It's almost like a roller coaster. Mm, yeah. sort of, you're up there, then you sort of come down, and then you sort of build up, and then uh, when you just hit the apex, that's when you hit the stage. Yeah, for definitely. Me. Yeah. Yeah, and and it just to be fair, I think nerves show that you get, and if you carry yeah. about to say that. Yeah. <laughs> Do you get a different type of nerves though, with you being the director? Because I suppose you can only put so much into the production, and then it, it's kind of handing it over to to them because there's nothing really more that you can do sort of after, well up to first night because that, then it's theirs but yeah, do, I mean, do you get nervous put, yeah, absolutely and it's not necessarily nervous about I'm worried that people will do anything wrong it's yeah. the how have, you know, have I done everything I should have done uh, sort of nerves that drives me and, and again with Beeston rather like you know in the theatre world you've got producing theatres and you've got receiving theatres um, we're very much a producing theatre so we don't hire in big sets we don't hire in we don't, you know, we don't hire in costumes we do everything ourselves so that's a tension because, you know, you've got your costume coming together with the lighting plot, coming together with your sound effects, coming together with your video effects, coming together with all the choreography, et cetera, et cetera. So it's not necessarily a nervous, it's certainly not a nervousness about are these guys going to perform. It's a nervousness about what have I forgotten? What have I missed? How have I not served these people well enough? How, what have I not sort of pushed in, in rehearsal? 
but once you've gone through a first couple of nights, then it's just a let's make you know, it's the nervousness about keeping it consistent, mm -hmm. keeping really good consistent performances, not treating any night or any matinee any differently to anything else. Mm -hmm. So it's a very different kind of tension, but it's certainly there and should be. Mm. Now, apart from the, the current favourite, which is this one, um, what's, what's been your favourite roles um, in the past? Ula. Ula in The Producers. That was a, I thought you'd say that. Yeah, that was a real bucket list I enjoyed role that one. Thank you. Yeah, that was a real bucket list role for me because it combined being funny and being tall, which are my main personality <laughs> traits. Um, so, yeah, um, yeah, that's for me. Um, mine's actually a straight theatre play, which it wasn't that straight. It wasn't that. It wasn't a, a dry piece. It was um, Sandy Toxviggs and Eddie Baker's um, Pocket Dream, which uh, I was lucky enough to do at the Swan Theatre in Stratford. Um, so that was a day where you arrived at eight thirty, did your tech rehearsal until ten thirty, did your dress rehearsal at two o'clock, and performed at four o'clock. And it was quite literally the most exhilarating experience I've ever had. So also looking around and finding yourself on a stage at the RSC with an audience is quite something. So that one is always going to be the one that's my favourite. Kelly? Hmm. <laughs> Kelly's still <laughs> thinking. Know, like... Yeah. Well, no, because Sally, I played Sally Bowles at college in, in Cabaret years ago, and I absolutely loved that. But most recently, it probably would be Vicar of Dibley. Because I find that yeah, I, I used to, I watched it growing up. Um, I can still laugh at the episodes now, and yeah, I, so I absolutely love same that. here. Mm -hmm. Love and that show. Very much my sense of humour. Like mm -hmm. yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take another piece of music. Uh, Young girl, uh, the old um, Gary Puckett song. Um, where does this come into play? Um, so this is after uh, my character Miranda has uh, professed her love for the captain. And uh, this is his response. <laughs> right, let's take a listen. I love you, Father, but my heart is here. Turn back, dull earth, and find thy centre out. Now look here, child. By innocence I swear, and by your use, I have one heart, one bosom, and one truth, and that no woman has, nor never none, shall master be of it, save I alone. Young girl, get out of my mind, my love for you.
That's a young girl taken from the soundtrack of Return to the Forbidden Planet. Uh, that's being performed at the Duchess Theatre in Long Eaton, 24th to the 28th of May uh, by Beeston Musical Theatre Group in the studio. Uh, we've got Kelly, we've got Charlotte, and we've all, also got uh, Martin as well. Now then, uh, you, you were talking about your sort of RSC um, years and the, the sort of... The, the seriousness of it. Um, something that isn't very serious, but is still quite... Um, not the easiest to perform is Gilbert and Sullivan uh, and uh, Pirates of Penzance. Uh, I, I saw uh, you in, yeah. uh, and uh, I mean that—that that is the one where you have to deliver the patter song. Yeah, uh, I am the very model of a modern major general. Um, how easy was that to actually learn and do? Well, the thing about that particular song is it's the very first thing you do. So you've been sat in the dressing room for twenty minutes while everybody else has been doing their thing. And you know that this is the one song that everybody knows about this character. So the pressure of not making any mistakes is quite high, and you have no real brilliance. So you've been running it in your head a hundred thousand times up in the dressing room. So yeah, it's <clears throat> it's very well written. So it isn't that hard to actually get it in and learn it. But it is the fact that it's the pressure, and also uh, you know that the musical director is going to take it at the tempo that he's, he or she wants to. And so you know that as you get towards the end of the week, this is going to get really, really fast. Mm -hmm. And the one thing you really want to do is make sure you get the diction perfect. Mm. You don't want to slur it in any way, shape or form. So you just have to do exactly what Charlotte was talking about. Make sure you've done a pretty good warm-up in terms of making your lips as fast and as flexible as they can. And then while you're actually doing it at that really, really fast speed, it's really quite funny watching all the rest of the cast desperately trying to do the choreography. At the new <laughs> but it is the way that the uh, you, the cast then realise just how fast you're going because they're having to, da to dance at a, a, a frantic pace. So, yeah, it's a wonderful piece of you know, it is. It's a, it's a classic. Um, but that was a fun show. It was, and it's part of a, another fun show. And you know, I was working with Kev as the uh, pirate king at the time, so we we're bouncing off each other, having a lot of laughs. But uh, yeah, it's one that if you get it, it's a joy to get. But you just have to make sure that you 
very prepared and happy to go in cold and hit it as hard as you can. Now, talking about Kev as uh, the Pirate King in that and making mistakes, I remember he, uh, he he made a little bit of a slip up in one of the things and sung something about honey on his nipples. Yes, I think that could have <laughs> easily happened. Oh, so Gilbert and Sullivan never wrote that. This is Jeff Chatham we're talking about yeah, here, so who like knows that. what's going to come in out of Captain Tempest. Yeah, it's the joy of being in a yeah. rehearsal room with him. It's just you never quite know what's going to happen. You never fully relax, but then it kind of keeps the performance is fresh so he never goes too far as well yeah. it's always within the idiom that you're doing things yeah yeah so he wouldn't do that in Dostoevsky but then again we would never do any Dostoevsky <laughs> it's all good it's hard enough to say Dostoevsky thank you I'm just smiling and nodding because I, I, I no I can't say it <laughs> now since 2015 you've also been involved in Noda uh, and uh, I mean I, I've sort of sort of threw about uh, through the term Noda around uh, quite, quite a lot over the past few years tell us exactly who Noda are and, and what you do? So, Noda is, uh, I get this right, the National Association. I can't remember what we stand for. That's, that's <laughs> useful. But the fundamental about Noda is that we're not about coming out and critiquing everybody. It's all about trying to support uh, community amateur theatre. So, the big thing with Nodas are the summer schools, and the summer schools are absolutely brilliant. It gives a chance for anybody who's in any affiliated society to come down spend some residential time with uh, other society members uh, and hone your acting, directing or other skills. Um, also, as part of the NODA ethos, we go out and, uh, yes, we do go to people's rehearsals as well as obviously going to critic, uh, doing the reviews of individual performances. And again, trying to impart some of the things that you've learnt over the years of doing this kind of thing, either directing or acting, um, to encourage, again, the grassroots to do more and more and try more and more um, challenging productions. Uh, but what a lot of societies see us as is a, a way of making sure they've got insurance, which is, I know it sounds boring, but it's very important in terms of, certainly in terms of over these COVID years. Um, but also we do come along and give constructive uh, advice about uh, the productions and then a, a, an annual competition, as it were. So there's various categories that um, people compete in. But we try not to see it as a competition, but you know, it, it is. So you have the youth uh, musicals, uh, plays and pantomimes in the East Midlands. Um, so I have a district that runs from Worksop down to a number of societies actually at the Theatre Royal. So Carlton and um, Nottingham. Nottingham. Yeah. So you have societies that are massive and are doing tens of thousands of pounds productions. And then you have the Whitwell players, who are basically people who live in a mining village and come along and have it, do it for fun in the local community centre. So it's a brilliant, brilliant chance to see so many different people doing so many different things. And the common theme is enthusiasm and a commitment. So, and a great deal of variety as well. Oh, it's um, wonderful. As well, so. Talking about variety, Charlotte, um, tell us a little bit about Music Works and what they do. Um, so Music Works um, are a wonderful charity and um, I've been lucky to lead sessions with them as a music and care practitioner um, and it's all about these community sort of wellbeing cafes um, and it's a couple of hours you come down we have people from a local nursery uh, it's mainly aimed at people uh, living with dementia um, and so it's all that link between music and memory um, and yeah it's a couple of hours we have a song sheet we sing through uh, we sing through some songs um, and um, it's it's really wonderful um, seeing almost the light turn back on when somebody hears a song that they have a real uh, sort of emotional 
connection to or a memory to um, and I think it's a lovely thing not just for those with dementia but also it's a great sense of community so there's lots of people with various different uh, various different needs um, even just people who have sort of socially isolated it's a wonderful thing to come together and make music um, and um, yeah the sessions have uh, been great that I've that I've done with them. Brilliant uh, and, and Kelly away from sort of the musical theatre stage if you like um, you you're quite serious as a singer you, 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 I've heard your music. <laughs> I don't know. I seem to be. What is it? I kind of have my finger in many pies. I kind of dip in and out of stuff. So, um, yes, I do love singing. I, um, I've, I've been doing it for as long as I can remember. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't say I was a serious singer. I don't write my own songs or anything like that. That's what I class as a, a serious musician. But yes, I do enjoy it. But you've. Well, I say released. You've put sort of online some uh, some brilliant stuff. Some you know the cover versions, and especially that that one that you were duetted with Elvis. Thank you. <laughs> I forgot about that. That was quite a few years ago. <laughs> well, I tell you what. Uh, let's remind people um, of it. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Absolutely gorgeous. Kelly Wayne, along with Elvis Presley, uh, and Love Me Tender. So, who's sorry now? Who's sorry now? Who's sorry now? Whose heart is aching for breaking each bow? Oh, it's pitiful. Adjective, regretful, apologetic, full of grief or sorrow, compunctious, conscious, smitten, curse one's folly, lament, repent, dismal, opining, expressing pity, painted heart, contemptible, worthless, vile, mean, poor, of little account or value. Noun, sarinous, adverb, sorrily, comparative, sorrier, superlative, sorriest. In other words, sorry. There you go, you get the whole uh, the whole caboodle there uh, (laughs) for who's sorry now, as featured in Return to the Forbidden Planet in the studio. Uh, We've got Kelly, uh, we've got Martin and we've got Charlotte as well. Tell us very quickly about the costumes or what you can tell us about the costumes. Well, the costumes have all been made by my good lady wife, Mina. Um, So again, we are throwing out some homage to various different sci-fi shows but again what we wanted to do is make it bright and light obviously if you've got a spaceship it's quite dark so we wanted to make sure we stood out so um, there are some uh, pretty darn good costumes there we obviously have the uh, red for security always going to die Um, various other colors for the uh, various other ranks within the crew command gold yes and then Ariel's costume is something to behold, and I won't say any yes, more than that. Yeah. She'll have to go along yes, and, and, and find yeah, out all about it. How can we get tickets for Return to the Forbidden Planet at the Duchess Theatre, 24th to the 28th of May? Well, there are a number of ways that you can do this. You can obviously go on to TicketSource slash forward slash BMTG. You can email us at, um, what's the email address? I can never remember. Uh, tickets at BMTG. That's the one, tickets at bmtg.co.uk. You can pop into the Duchess Theatre coffee mornings, 10 till 12, and we'll be there uh, selling tickets. Um, or, or the website. Uh, yeah, or the website. bmtg.org.uk, yeah. Brilliant stuff. So, uh, looking forward to seeing that. Uh, this afternoon, is it uh, rehearsals for no, you? No, no, no. This afternoon, is, uh, I'm writing the, uh, well, finishing off the uh, lighting plot, so that's what I'm doing, and building a few control panels. And everybody else is putting the, the hard yards in to finish off and make sure that we're all crisp for our yeah, last two sets of rehearsals. Get those tricky lines that... <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm sure... There's usually, there's usually a couple that always... Um, 
It will be perfect. I know, I know that. Thank you so much for being my first studio guests for two years. You're welcome, um, I've had to go around with the Hoover and everything and, and the sort of nice sp- smelling <laughs> stuff in the air. So, so thank you for coming in. Uh, and, and we'll see you down there, 24th to the 28th of May. Looking forward thank to you it. for having us.